Beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you. Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit, this is your meeting. Welcome. You take absolute control. Teach us the world. Abba Father, we exalt you. Jesus, we glorify you. Thank you, Lord and King. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen and amen. Um, we bless God for um, Grace to Prosper 2023. 2022 Grace to Prosper was awesome. It was wonderful. Um, bless God that from that um, summit, a book came out, um, which is titled uh, Blessed Beyond Measure. And we're, tr- we're trusting God for another great um, journey in this year's Grace to Prosper Summit. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Um, we are going to be going straight into God's word. Amen to Jesus. Now, in our previous study on the subject of prosperity, the critical analysis was done from the Old Testament. Amen to Jesus. At least with that study, we were able to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, destroy a lot of misconceptions about prosperity. You know, we had things like the prosperity preachers, the prosperity gospel, and the list goes on. You know, and one of the problems is that some of the times, some people think they are very informed, but they don't know that they are uninformed. The greatest undoing you can ever do to yourself is to think that you know it all. Amen to Jesus. Because nobody knows it all. We are all learning. God is the one who knows it all. Amen to Jesus. So, last year we were able to go through, you know, the Old Testament point of view concerning prosperity. We were able to see what prosperity actually means. Amen to Jesus. And um, it actually destroyed a lot of wrong misconceptions about prosperity. Both from the, let me use the word, those that preach prosperity and those that anti the preaching of prosperity. I think you know what I'm saying. It was a balance to both parties. It destroyed all the misconceptions. And um, we encourage people to go for those teachings. The Grace Prosper Summit for 2022. Better still, you can also go for the book, Bless Beyond Measure. It's what we taught in print. There are people who like to read, but don't like to listen. There are people who like to listen, but don't like to read. Whatever category you fall into, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we are trying to always make sure that the word is available to what? Everybody. Amen to Jesus. Alright, so we are able to look at the Old Testament point of view concerning prosperity and God's take on prosperity last year. Um, so beginning from this study, we examine prosperity from the New Testament. Amen to Jesus. So we're looking at it from the New Testament point of view. Amen. Alright. In doing this, we would critically analyze the popular prosperity verse of Scripture in the New Testament. There's a popular verse of Scripture that have been used to preach prosperity in the New Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to look at that verse of Scripture. I'm going to be looking into it by the help of the Holy Spirit, analyzing it and seeing how the actual perspective that God looks at it from. Amen to Jesus. Now, in this kind of studies, what we have to do is to come with an open mind. Amen. To learn and unlearn. You don't criticize. You don't fight. Are you getting what I'm saying? Learn and unlearn. Because actually, we're going to the brutal roots and get things dug out. Amen to Jesus. Alright. Take John 1 verse 2, popular verse of scripture. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. You know, I've heard this teaching for years and it has been a major teaching that has been used by, to teach on the subject of prosperity. You know, and it's made, we're made to understand that prosperity is three-dimensional. Prosperity, soul, and body. And God wants to prosper. I wish, and many beautiful things have come out. On the other hand, People have come out to also refute that this verse of scripture is not actually a promise of prosperity. Neither is it a preaching of prosperity. Are you get what I'm saying? So it should not be that the basis for the prosperity preacher. So we have always had the two divides. And that has not helped the church. What we actually need is the truth. The truth sets us free. I want to it sets us free from. It sets us free from extremes. Set you free. The truth sets us free from extremes. Those that preach the prosperity gospel um 
with an extreme, those that negate the, God, the preaching of prosperity with an extreme, the truth does what it sets both parties free. And that's the purpose of such studies. So we can know the truth and it can set every one of us free. Amen to Jesus. Now, the above mentioned verse was an introduction of the letter of John, the beloved, written to Gaius. If you read from verse 1, you see that it was an introduction. I think what I'm saying. Paul introduced himself also. Peter introduced himself. And you see them saying, I am Paul, the servant of God. I think what I'm saying. Peter did the same thing too. So every letter they wrote had an introduction. Just the same way we write letters, they have introduction. Hello, and good day, sir. This letter, I remember when I was in secondary school, we write letters to our parents. We take like how many weeks before it gets to them. And before the night replies, around how many weeks. But when you start a letter, you must start with an introduction, a greeting. Are you get what I'm saying? So every letter goes with an introduction. So this was actually an introduction towards the letter that Paul was writing to that John was writing to his beloved brother and friend, Gaius. Amen to Jesus. It is customary in letter writing to which the recipient were. Is that also? That's how you start introduce the letter. In fact, when we even send WhatsApp messages, text messages, hello, good day, trust all is well with you. Is that not so? Hope this, this finds you well. And you don't just say hello and just run into the purpose of your... Uh-huh, you get what I'm saying? You have to have an introduction. It's, it's only formal. It's a formal way of writing. Amen to Jesus. And in fact, if you even meet somebody and you want to communicate to the person, you first start with an introduction. Hello, good day. How are you, please? You understand what I'm saying? On the phone. Physically, we just say hello. I wanted to tell you that you should have uh, the person. The person we will tell you what's the problem. What's the pro- at least first? Let's ask up, ask how we are both faring before we start running to the what purpose of the you know the the conversation of the letter. All right. So you know it's customary letter writing to which recipient will. Now in view of this, John's wish for the general well-being of his friend Gaius was customary custom in Hellenistic letters. The Hellenistic letter is the Greek and the Roman letters. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And we know that John the beloved, all the disciples, even Jesus, they 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 were they they they, they, they were in the times where the Romans were ruling Israel. I get what I'm saying. So this was the Hellenistic way of writing it was customary to wish the recipient to that Hellenistic approach to writing that has come down generations and is still in practice and all do have it together. We must reach the recipient well before we get into what we have to say. Now, so John was making a wish, which is what? A prayer for Gaius. This was not a prophecy. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. This was not a promise. This was not even a declaration. It was a prayer because the word wish there, when you check it in the Greek, it means a prayer. I get what I'm saying. So John was just praying for Gaius. And we all know that prayers are not enforced without the cooperation of the recipient. Are we together? So it is not, you know, this was not the pro- um, this is not the promise of prosperity, but it was the prayer of what? Prosperity for Gaius. And by extension, it was the prayer for all saints. Because we know that all these scriptures. They were canonized because they are to be applicable to us. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the Old Testament was applicable to the Jews. Are you getting me? Now, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And by fulfilling the law, he made everything applicable that is written in scriptures applicable for everyone. Are you getting what I'm saying? By fulfilling the law, Jesus made the, 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 the nature of the priesthood applicable for everybody. If we, are to, if we are to live with the operations of the Old Testament, the Jews practice Yang Kupon. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the day of atonement. They practice the seven feasts. We did that study, a quick study of the seven feasts. That was, that was a couple of months ago. What was teaching was that anyway? They practice all these feasts. And they are not practicable to us. Are you getting what I'm saying? As it were, if we look at the Old Testament, it looks like it's not practicable to us. But for it to become applicable to our life, Jesus fulfilled every of this. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the seven feasts. Jesus is the fulfillment of every law that was given. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? So it can be applicable to the what? To the Gentiles. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Praise God forevermore. So now it makes us understand that when you see Paul writing to the Ephesian church, he was not writing to the, those in Ephesus, but by, by, by extension, he's writing to every one of us that's born again. Amen. Same applies to the letter of John, beloved here. He's writing to every one of them. When he says, My little children, he, he, that, that includes me. Amen to Jesus. Praise God for more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so it's a prayer for everyone. Amen. Everybody again, child of God, every saint. And we can choose to either receive or what? Reject this prayer. Now, so if you go through the Old Testament, we saw prosperity as a promise. We'll look into that. We have looked into that. Sorry. We'll just recap that quickly. Now, in the New Testament, using this verse of scripture, because if you look for the word prosperity, look for the word prosper, and you get what I'm you see that this is the verse that pops up most, you know. In the New Testament, using this verse of scripture, prosperity, as it were, as it has to do with the New Testament, is was a prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, in the Old Testament, God gave commandments, God gave laws. In the New Testament, God Give us what? Choice. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that's the New Testament. God is not forcing, He's not commanding anything on you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He actually gives to us, but it's our choice to what? Receive. And so that's why this prosperity in the New Testament comes as, as a prayer, which we can either receive or what? It's as simple as that. So that's why I said it comes as a freedom to both ends of the divine. It's a prayer. So those who are um, hardcore extreme prosperity, okay, those who are rejecting prosperity, okay, but now we will still get to understand, we understand what prosperity was from the Old Testament, which had minimal, to just, let me zero, 0.7001% how do we finance, I get what I'm saying. Now, so, New Testament we still understand it, I get what I'm saying. And so, but we need to lay an inf- a foundation that this is a prayer. So you can either accept or what? Reject it. And God, God, you see, if you accept the prosperity package of God or reject it, doesn't mean you go to hell. This one thing we need to get right. It doesn't mean you go to hell. So long as you have made Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, you are saved. You will go to heaven. I you know what I'm saying. But you will not enjoy some things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Yes. So it's a prayer. And it's our choice to accept or receive. So, this makes us understand that prosperity is not by force. It's not by force. Very important. You see, I like making us understand things in this life so that we can, we should stop killing ourselves. Like, I see people talk, um, don't use anything, oh yeah, don't use any communion, all the different fights in church. And I ask a question, I say, okay, the people that are fighting, all these mediums. You see, I am not, I don't preach mediums. I preach Jesus. I get what I'm saying. But now, some people, their faith are not mature enough to, hand, to, 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 to just depend on the word alone. Are you getting me? So they still have to kickstart their faith with mediums till they grow. Some don't even want to grow at all, self. All right. But those who are fighting these mediums and every of that, they're the same ones who told us that we are eternally saved. So since we are eternally saved, what we do or we don't do does not affect our salvation. Sin, they say sin cannot even affect our salvation. Is it now anointing oil and what again? Only committed ourselves to our salvation. What is now the problem? Are you getting what I'm saying? It means that we are not getting something straight here. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so that's why we need to understand these things the way they operate and make our Christian life very beautiful. It's not by force, it's a prayer. You can say amen or you can keep quiet. The choice is yours. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. I believe that point sinks in very well. It's going to be a very good foundation for our study. So when you don't accept something I'm saying, keep quiet. When you accept what I'm saying, say amen. It's as simple as that. A man of God said, we were praying for him when he was in his bed and he used to pray for him and say, ah, you will live to 100 years with the same man. You will live to 120 years with the same man. And I prayed, you will live to 150 years. He kept quiet. Ah, we want to say, what will I be doing yet to 150? Even 127, we know what we go through. 
It was a good prayer, but for him, what would I be doing here till 150? Even myself, I don't even want to stay till 150. What would I be doing here till 150? I get what I'm saying. Are we, are we together? But there's somebody else who will say amen to the prayer of what? 150. Are you getting me? Uh-huh. So it's choice. Amen. Alright. The promise of prosperity as seen in our previous study, was given by God to Abraham and fulfilled in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 and Genesis 24, verse 1. So it was given by God to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 and it was fulfilled in Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. And it was transmitted as the blessing of Abraham by the finished work of Jesus to the new creation in Galatians 3, verse 13 to 14. Are we together? Now, there are some things we need to understand. We cannot detach. You see, when I see people trying to detach God's practices in the Old Testament, God's, you know, what God did in the Old Testament from the New Testament, it makes me laugh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. He did not destroy it. God attached something to some people in the Old Testament who cannot fight it. When it comes to the blessing, he attached it to a physical person called Abraham. That even when Jesus came to connect us back to the blessing because sin disconnected us. There was a pipeline that was going through and sin, sin became the blockage that could not allow the blessing flow. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Number one. Number two, there was an electric wire and sin cut us off. When God sent Jesus to connect us back to the blessing of God, the blessing that Jesus connected us to was not called the blessing of God. It was called the blessing of Abraham. So please, sir, as on things you cannot but say yes to. God did not even call it this blessing. He called the blessing of Abraham. And don't forget that was the same blessing that God gave to Adam, gave to Noah, and gave to Abraham. But God did not attach his name to it. He attached his name to Abraham to it. <laughs> and Jesus himself could not even give his name to the thing. Jesus said, I only came to give you the blessing. <laughs> so now, the connection was from God through Abraham to the saints. And Jesus connected us through Abraham. Not even to the blessing of God. So you want to understand the blessing of God, you have to look at the way God blessed Abraham. Why? Because Abraham was called the friend of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? After the fall of Adam, we would have been able to understand the blessing perfectly with the first Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? But after the fall of Adam, the blessing of God could best be explained by the way God blessed Abraham. And so there's nothing that we are looking for that is not within the confines of the way God blessed Abraham. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the best way God explained to you. And you cannot argue with God. You cannot fight God for calling for assigning Abraham that the Calling the blessing the blessing of Abraham, just like you cannot argue with it, God calls mercy the sure mercies of David. Eh? So, this way, when you talk about the blessing, the pe- human personification of the blessing was Abraham. When you talk about mercy, the human personification of mercy was Abraham. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of this. Are you get what I'm saying? But he doesn't call himself the blessing of God, he doesn't call himself the mercy of God. Are you get what I'm saying? These people were the people that God used as the show of his blessing and and of his mercy and we cannot argue it why will you argue the mercy of god concerning david his life his life is a proof of mercy now a bush boy a forgotten boy somebody they left in the bush to be taken care of sheep no hope no future for him mercy found him in the bush picked him up on the bush even when the father had forgotten that he had a son that he forgot that he had a son because for, for him, what, this, this, this one's a son. That one is his animal. Exactly. Yeah, his animal. They are still with sheep. We have not classified him as a sheep. See, when the father forgot that he had a son, God reminded him that he was a, it, he's still a human being. And not just a human being, he's a human being that carries what I need. That's what mercy does, sir. Now, when people have forgotten about you, mercy brings you into the picture. And when, when, 
when he numbered the people of Israel, God and against will of God, God still showed him mercy. When he slept with Uriah and killed Uriah, God still showed him mercy. So you want to understand mercy? Just look at David. So these are things you cannot argue. You just accept them. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why Blind Bartimaeus called him Jesus, that son of David. He activated, he activated the mercy code. And that mercy code, Jesus cannot say no to it. When he called him son of David, he was not just calling Jesus, son of David. That's, and that is your father. He was calling Jesus, the, 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 the son of mercy. Ah, Jesus said, no, you can't, you can't close your ear to the cry for mercy. And he had to answer. Are we together? Now, so these are things that we cannot argue. Praise God forevermore. Now, so, Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, we all know it. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham. On the condition of him what? Living his father's life. Remember in our last study on Asuda, all the promises of God were fulfilled by people for us. We are actually receivers, not fulfillers. The three greatest promises are the promise of Savior Redeemer, the promise of what prosperity, the promise of um, the Holy Spirit. And people have fulfilled the conditions for us to receive it. We are just receivers. Are we together? Abraham obeyed God, left his father's house, and God blessed him and Genesis 24 verse 1 says, And Abraham was old and was stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. This is the definition of blessing. All things. Not some things. Not some areas. Are you getting what I'm saying? In all things. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. Alright. Now, and we also discover that, like we said, that Jesus, by his finished work, transmitted what the blessing of Abraham toward the new creation. Actually, what he did was that he removed the blockage that was blocking, preventing us from receiving the blessing of Abraham. And that blockage actually was sin. Are you getting me? Now, this makes us understand something. Abraham was after the fall. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it was after it was, it was after sin came. And by right, if I was supposed to say. If I was supposed to look at it in the right sense, I was supposed to say the blessing is meant to be the blessing of Adam before the fall. Are you getting me? Because Adam was after the fall. Abraham was after the fall. And what blocked, prevented man from enjoying the blessing of God was sin. Was Abraham a perfect man? No. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. God told him, walk before me, say my front, and be perfect. So he was not a perfect man. Now, so what now makes us what makes God call the blessing the blessing of Abraham when Abraham was after the fall? Are you getting what I'm saying? By right, it's meant to be called the blessing of Adam before the fall. So that we now know that Jesus redeemed us from the cause of the Lord by connecting us to the blessing of Adam before the fall. But no, here it is the blessing of Abraham which is after the fall. It makes us understand the order of predestination. That the Bible says, who he did, he did uh, for no, he did predestinate. And he said, who he did predestinate, he did call. Is that not so? The other predestination makes us know what God did before he created man. Are you getting what I'm saying? What he did before he physically created man. So this makes us understand that this blessing of Abraham was assigned to Abraham even before Adam was created. The Bible speaking says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the world, foundation of the earth. That means to say, before Adam was created physically, Jesus was slain. And then, when did he, when was he slain physically? Thousands of years after Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, for this to be called the blessing of Abraham, it meant that it was something that God had designated before Adam was created. And so if it was done before Adam was created, that means the blessing was even before Adam. So what Adam did or what Adam did not do would not have destroyed God's decision to designate the blessing to Abraham. It follows the order of what? Predestination. And so Jesus comes to collect us back. Adam came after the fall. 
and yet, sorry, um, Abraham came after the fall, and yet he was the blessing was designated to him, and then he was blessed in all things. Now, go through scriptures, there's never a person that the Bible says that he was old and the Lord had what blessed him in all things, not even David. The man at all goes to have, not even David. It's only Abraham that had this title. But he was after the fall. I get what I'm saying. It makes us understand very well that this thing was before Adam. It was a predestined order of God. And so even sin could not stop the predestined order of God. It makes us understand very well also that what God has predestined consigning us, nothing can even stop it. Not even us. So long as we do what? We obey God. God told Abraham, leave your father's house and I will bless you. And Abraham did what? Obeyed. Now, Abraham obeyed, but he even made the mistake by sin and, and, and going to Hagar. But that did not stop what? The predestined blessing. So, so long as you are in obedience to God, nothing can stop your predestined blessing. That's the simple truth. You make mistakes, but you cannot stop it. I cannot say you commit sin, but you cannot submit. Now, let me tell you something. Obedience to God is as per instructions. When, you, when God gives you an instruction and you obey, and in the course of, in, in after that, you make a mistake, the instruction that is destiny oriented will determine what will come to your life. Are you get what I'm saying? Alright. And so, it's very important we know this. And even though it was after the fall, God still designated the blessing to Abraham. And nobody had that title. Stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him also. Why? Because it was an order of predestination. And that's why Jesus just came to connect us back to that blessing. After Abraham, are you getting what I'm saying? The effects of sin kept disconnecting us from the blessing. And in fact, the Gentile race were the ones that were just were out of they were off it. Are you getting me? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Alright. And then Galatians 3 verse 13 to 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us. For it is written, Cause is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of who? Did he say the blessing of God? Did he say the blessing of Jesus? The blessing of what? Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so it makes us understand something here. Like we've said before, that this scripture happens to be the most powerful, the most powerful scripture in the, in the Bible. We looked at that in our previous year's study. Because in this scripture, happens to be the three greatest promises. The promise of the Savior Redeemer. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of not being made of the praising. Cause any man a on the tree. That's the promise of redemption. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then number two, the promise of the prosperity. That the blessing of Abraham might come into his seed. Coming to his seed. That's the promise of what? What? The blessed prosperity, the promise of the blessing. And then he says that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. That's the promise of who? Of the Holy Spirit. And this scripture just brought the three, the, the three most powerful um, promises in the Bible in their sequence. So this happens to be the most powerful scripture in the Bible. Are we together? Praise God. And many times we don't even know that it's this powerful. Glory to God forevermore. Most powerful, most powerful scripture in the Bible. Most powerful. Most powerful. Alright. Now, furthermore, this wish or prayer of John reiterates the truth that God wants us to prosper. You get what I'm saying? God wants us to what? Prosper. If it were not so, this wish or prayer will not be allowed in scriptures. Is that not so? God would have not allowed this, this prayer to be in the scriptures. So it's a prayer that is born of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. Glory to God forevermore. Now in view of this, we have to understand what this prosperity which John prayed for Gaius to experience in James. We need to understand what this prosperity in James. Amen to Jesus. Now, from the verse of scripture under examination, we understand that the prayer of prosperity made by John is three-dimensional. Three-dimensional. 
<coughs> I wish I would work in Adam yet prosper. And being here, what even have I so what? Prosper. It's three dimensional. The first dimension is general prosperity. That's what we're going to be looking at quickly today by the grace of God. Amen. Second dimension is prosperity of the health. And then the third is the prosperity of the soul. I'm following the order in which John the beloved prayed. I wish I would work in Adam yet prosper. And being what? Health. Even as I work, so what? Prosperity. Are we together? Now, um, he followed this order for a reason. We will get to understand why. It doesn't mean that it has changed the order of what? The human operation, which is spirit, soul, and body. If you look at this order here, it is general, which covers spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then health is body, then before soul. But right order is spirit, soul, and what? Body. But there's a reason why the prayer was made in this light. The word prosper is from the Greek word you do. You do. And you do means to help on the road. That is to succeed in reaching. To succeed in reaching your destination. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's not just safe journey, but successful journey. That means a journey that is successful because you arrived at your destination. Yeah. Praise God forevermore. The journey can be safe, but you may get on that destination. But this journey is more than safe. It is successful. Safe journey is inside successful journey. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. You may have a safe journey, but not a successful journey. Because you may arrive at your destination and not get what you're looking for. I get what I'm saying. It's not a successful journey. It's a safe journey, but not a successful journey. I get what I'm saying. So what what prosperity here entails is successful journey, not just safe journey. Now, so that's why sometimes we are more focused on safe journey in life than on successful journey. What is the purpose for my journey? What is the purpose of my travel? Is it just to run, go out and come back? No. I get what I'm saying. All right. It also means to succeed in business affairs. Are we together? All right. Now, so to prosper means to succeed in the journey of life and in every journey we embark on in life as led by the Holy Spirit. Are we together? Now, thus, reaching and arriving at our desired destination and achieving the purpose for going on that journey is what we call prosperity. Are we together? Now, we're not seeing money here. Are you getting what I'm saying? And everybody, we're all traveling. We're all on journeys. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're all traveling. Even when you get out of your house in the morning to go to work, it's a journey. You get what I'm saying? You must be able to achieve the purpose for going to that place. Amen. The journey of life is first spiritual. Then, it has to do with the soul. And finally, physical. And as pilgrims in this world... We have embarked on the journey the day we receive the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Are we together? So we're on this journey, sir. We're on this journey. Amen to Jesus. First Peter 2 verse 9 says, Jelly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. As strangers and what? Pilgrims. One of the problems that Christians are having today is that we have forgotten that we are strangers. I have totally lost touch with the fact that we truth that we are pilgrims. <coughs> Over the years, we have become citizens of earth and trying to ma- maintain the citizenship of heaven. Dual citizenship is an offense. <laughs> Wherever you go, any nation you go to, dual citizenship is an offense. It's only in some kind of nations today that somebody will have Three hours citizenship. <laughs> Not even do ourselves. Three hours. Three, 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 three nations. And yet, nobody can do anything. Two hours citizenship is an offense. We are either a citizen of this or not a citizen of that. And we are not citizens of, hev- of earth. We are citizens of heavens. Are we together? We are not. We are not a. Um, 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 People of this earth, we are strangers here. We are st- we must realize that we are strangers. We did this in one of our teachings some years ago, and the quote came out that we can't have dual citizenship. We brought another quote. People liked it, and definitely some people don't like it. 
Because many Christians want to be dual citizens. Citizens of heaven and citizens of this world. Some now have prayer citizens. Citizens of heaven, of this world, and of heaven. I don't understand how you say you are born again and you are doing that. Praise God forevermore. We are strangers though. We are people. We only have one citizenship. And that is of heaven. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. Alright. So, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Amen. The success of our life journey is to abstain from fleshly lust. To do what? That's our success. What prosperity in life? Prosperity is the ability to abstain from what? Fleshly lust. And when you are fled, abstain from fleshly lust, what will happen is that you will, you will reveal Christ without struggles. He says, abstain from fleshly lust. What? War against our souls. What? They don't want to say the flesh lost after the spirit. And the spirit after the flesh. They are war against each other. The flesh does not want you to reveal Christ in you. And the spirit does not want you to reveal the flesh in you. It's a war. And the only person that can settle who wins is us. <laughs> That's why the soul is the battlefield that determines who wins at the end of the day. So prosperity is the ability to do what? To abstain from fleshly laws. That is prosperity, sir. And when we abstain from present laws, fleshly laws, we reveal Jesus without struggle. The reason why saints and family difficult to reveal Jesus is because we are holding on to fleshly laws instead of what? Abstaining from flesh. And when we think of fleshly laws, the only thing we think of is the loss of the flesh, which is sexual loss. No! Remember, you have lust of the eyes. And pride of life. They are all under the fleshly loss. Some people, can, their eyes cannot see phone. New, new, new type of phone and they remove eye. Some people, their eye cannot see a new model of car and they remove eye. You know, these are lost of the eyes. I cannot say. Are we together? And the pride of life, taking pride in things that don't Material things that don't add to that don't that don't add to anything in our lives. <coughs> Are we together? Praise God forevermore. That's all. This is a very important thing. This is how to know whether we have succeeded or not. So let's ask the question: Are we really succeeding in the Christian faith? Because what we are even calling prosperity is holding on to fleshly loss. We are increasing our desire for fleshly things and reducing our ability to reveal Christ. Glory to God forevermore. To so, secondly, to succeed in every business affair we engage in. Amen. Our business is first God's business, which is what? Reconciling all things to God. Are we together? That's our business, sir. But when we talk about business, the first thing we think of is this affair. Buying and selling. Clearing and forwarding. Our business, that's what we are seeing over. Our business is primarily number one above all God's business, reconciling all men to God. If what you are doing is not reconciling men to God, sir, pack it up. Pack it up. Reconciling all things to God. And it requires haste and urgency. Our personal business is which requires love for oneself and the business of others. Which requires love for others is what the second aspect of business. So, first aspect of business is what the father's business. Jesus said, I walk the walk of him who send while the day. For the night comes when no man shall what? Walk. Say, My meat is to do the will of my father. Jesus also said, My father walked in that to I walked The father's business is his primary business. Are you going to say his ultimate business? Then we have secondary business, which is what the love for ourselves as individual. Love yourself is a business. You can't love yourself, you are not doing business. I get what I'm saying. And then, third aspect of business is love for others. So, if the, the, the profession or the career or the trade you are doing does not make you love yourself, you are destroying your health, destroying your life, destroying yourself, you cannot watch it. Watch it. You are not prospering. 
If the business you do does not make you love others, you are sending what to destroy people. You know, they are not prospering. Sir. Are we together? First Samuel twenty-one verse eight says, "And David said unto Abimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business requires haste. God's business always requires. We don't have the time to waste in God's business. Are you getting what I'm saying?" When the devil tries to shut every door of ministry for us, God opened the door of podcast. Why? Because we have to keep what? Preaching. People are listening to us all over the nations of the earth. We have to keep preaching the gospel. It requires this. We can't waste any time. Sir. And if only God, I, I trust God for more strength to be preaching three times a day and uploading a podcast will be very thankful to God. Because we just see that there's still much to teach that we've not taught. There's still much to preach that we've not preached. We need to see preach more. When I heard that um, the founder of um, Seven Record, he did over ten thousand episodes of Seven Record. Over ten thousand. I say, what am I doing? Over ten thousand. No, I wouldn't say over one thousand. To even do one thousand is not cheap. Over ten thousand. I imagine. Sir. I get what I'm saying. Second Corinthians 5 verse 18 says, And all things of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and have given unto us the ministry of all reconciliation. Luke 10 verse 27 says, And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. We must understand, the Father's business is number one business. And it requires what? Urgency. Our personal business, which is the love of ourselves as individuals, is also very important. You must learn to love yourself. Because you, the extent to which you love others is the way you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you cannot love yourself, you cannot love your neighbor. It's not possible. You have a bad picture of yourself. You have a bad picture of everybody that comes your way. Look at, they say, they say something, they say hurting people hurts people. I want to spread it away. Hurting people, hurting people. Somebody who is hurting, we always hurt people. Because he's hurting, the only thing he can give is who he is. Are you get what I'm saying? And this business is serious. If we take love as business, we will not be having the rubbish we're having in the church today. Because for us, love is an emotion. But for God, love is a business. For God so loved the world. Business, so intensity. For us, love is an emotion. For God, love is business. Until we start taking love the way God takes love, we'll never know what it means to prosper. That's why they are still wondering why the church were having more, more money and yet we are having less impact. Because it's not money that will bring the impact, it is love that will bring the impact. I get what I'm saying. Money without love is disaster. Mind the story of a particular couple, young couple, they just got married and they were missionaries and they walked past a leper colony and they asked the gate man, they asked him, has anybody come here to preach Jesus to this people here? They said, yeah, no, man. Everybody that goes in here never comes out. He said, so you mean nobody has gone in to preach Jesus? I said, sir, nobody has gone in to preach Jesus because anybody that goes in cannot come out again. And they say, okay, we go in. They say, do you understand? They say, yes, open the gates. We, and this couple just got married, went in to preach Jesus. And they kept preaching Jesus. And they never came. Did they have money? Was it money that was their wings? It was love. I'm not against money. I always believe, yes, I'm not against money. But you see, a money-centered church a finance-centered church that is loveless will only create wicked people. And that's what I've been creating in the church over the years. Wicked people. Wicked people. Love is God's business. Money has become our business. Until we make God's business our business, we'll keep creating wicked people. Alright, we succeed in life when we seek to use everything we have and do to reconcile all creation to God. 
and use all we have and do to give the love of God to humanity. That's what success is. That's what prosperity is. Are you getting what I'm saying? Reconciling all men to God with all you do and all you have. And giving the love of God to humanity with all you do and what you have. Are you selling? Let your selling reconcile men to, to, to God. Are you buying? Let your buying reveal the love of God. If your buying and selling cannot reconcile men and cannot reveal the love of God, sir, you are a wicked person. Pack up. And go, on, go, on, go, on, go, on, go, on, go back to the Lord and say, Lord, show me what I'm doing. I cannot say. I said, that means we have people, we, we swindle people, and they come and give tight. And they come and say, it's by the grace. I don't know what I'm saying here. You are wicked to people. And you are saying it's by the grace of God. Reconciling all men to God and loving, loving God and man. That is prosperity. This makes us understand that a prosperous man is a successful man. And this success can only be given by and gotten from God. Are we together? God therefore desires that we succeed. Does God not desire that we succeed? The success given by God, which we have thus far understood, is the good success spoken about in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. We have read that before. I went together. This negates the opinion and perspective of some saints who postulate and believe that we do not need God to succeed in life. I heard somebody say that. I heard people say that. Now it's a real trend going on. We don't need God to succeed in life. You don't understand what success is from God's word. See, don't bring the devil's definition of success into church and come and tell us that success. You see, this way I have a problem with many people who teach. You are actually using the devil to explain God. Ah! What's the problem? Use the devil to explain God. You can't define success from the devil's perspective and now you to explain God. The only success you see in the Bible is good success. Go through the Bible. Good success. Good success. Joshua 2 1 verse 8. And it is only given by God. I went together. And God wants us to have it. Praise God forevermore. In fact, as seen so far, without God, we cannot succeed. And your saved cannot succeed because only God can give good success. And they do not have God. Is that not so? So general prosperity means holistic success. This means success in every area of life. Which God desires for us from the Old Testament. And we get it by what? Meditating on the word of God. And observing to do the word of God. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou mayest observe. Meditate day and night and what? Observe. To do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have what? Good success. Are we together? Praise God. As understood thus far, success for the saint is far greater than wealth, position, status, and material possession. Are you know what I'm saying? So you don't use these things to define success. You don't use the world to define God. You don't use the devil to define God. So people people have been preaching this and this anti-thing and they, they have all been using the devil and the world, mammon and the world to define God. And that's what the problem was like. Are we together? And don't forget, the devil is very good at what? Photocopy. Say, masquerade is ever what? An angel of light. Every good and perfect thing come from the Lord. The original is from God. The devil does negative. Are you know what I'm saying? Photocopy in a negative perspective. So, when you're looking at the devil's photocopy, eh? please stop using it to judge God. Because his photocopy is counterfeit. Are you getting me? Yes. And that's where we have a problem in church today. Success for the saint is reconciling all creatures to God and giving the love of God to humanity. When these are in place, with or without earthly wealth, position, status, and material possession, the saint is successful. So when you are reconciling all men to God, and are giving the love of God to humanity. Whether you have or you don't have earthly wealth, possession, and their status, and every of that, you are what? Successful. 
So the definition of success is, am I reconciling men to God? And am I giving the love of God to men? If I'm doing this, even if I don't have one CD, one dollar in my pocket, I am what? Successful. If I'm doing this and I have one million dollar in my pocket, I am still what? Successful. So it's not what I have in my pocket that determines my success. It is what I am doing mm. that determines my success. Rise up from the tweet where you are. Now is your moment of salvation. If you are yet to make the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, we request that you say this prayer along with many others now. Say this words, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and ask that you forgive my sins. I believe that you shed your blood on the cross, died for my sins, and rose again in the third day. Today, I invite you into my life today. Wash me by your blood, make me your own, until eternity be my Lord and personal Savior, thank you Lord Jesus, in Jesus' precious name. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Kami Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available, to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number 033-154-551-2013. Swift code M B G H G H A C to give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to EcoBank Nigeria. Account number. 5541020592 Also for further enquiries you can call us on +2334545947132 OR send us an email via chimdiohahunaministry@gmail.com Today remain ever blessed We believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord. Beloved, we will like to introduce to you one of our latest book releases. Titled, Hello Beloved, Get Moving authored by Chimdi Ohahuna. This book, Hello Beloved, Get Moving is one great resource for everyone who desires to change levels in life, earnestly wants a change in their experiences and outcomes, and lacks the needed push to achieve this goal. Also, there are times in our lives when we become aware of the need to go higher, advance, and move forward. However, circumstances beyond us make this desire almost impossible. The situations figuratively represent the sea, an army, or a mountain. This resource is simple, profound, and easy to understand by all readers. This material is, put together to help you discover why you do not need to give up on your dreams in life, how to remove the limits of your life, face every fear, and overcome your fears. There is more to what you can be if only you stand up, gird yourself and get moving now. I strongly recommend this book to everyone who passionately desires to know how to navigate through unknown terrain to achieve their goals and vision. Order a copy today via Amazon. Welcome back. 